Breakfast at the Broadway Diner has been a Columbia staple for over 30 years. You've probably been there once or twice, or read about it in a newspaper or magazine. Dave Johnson, owner of the Broadway Diner, has roots in Columbia that extend far beyond his restaurant. From charity meals to volunteer work, Johnson has spent much of his time giving back to the community he grew up in. I'm your host, Gaby Morera de Nuila, and here's our reporter, Lauren Polanski, in conversation with Dave Johnson. Welcome to Vox Voice. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell me about your upbringing. Where did you grow up and what did your parents do? So I pretty much grew up here in Colombia. Um, we moved here when I was six in 1972. My mom uh, was a school teacher, an elementary school teacher, who had taken some time off when we moved to Colombia uh, to raise myself and younger brothers and sisters. Uh, she eventually went back to work full time um, when I was a kid, she was a substitute teacher, though. We moved to Columbia. Um, my dad was transferred here. He worked for uh, Best Westerns um, and came to Columbia, worked briefly in Mexico, Missouri, and then uh, started buying diners here in town. Was there something specific that kind of drew your dad into the food industry? Did he always have a love for, you know, cooking and stuff like that? or? Um, I think so. Uh, my dad was uh, one of 11 children, and so cooking was a uh, necessity. Um, he was one of the older kids and left home uh, relatively young. He was still in high school and, and left home, got an apartment, got a job, still went to school. Um, and those jobs were in butcher shops and, and restaurants, and I think he just gravi gravitated to that. I'm, I'm not sure why. He later on uh, joined the Navy, was a cook in the Navy, came home and just stayed in the in the restaurant business. Crazy to think that he kind of bounced around like that and ended up, you know, where he was with the diner. Yeah. So when the Broadway diner was originally purchased by your father, um, it has later been passed on to you. Mm -hmm. um, why did your father decide to buy this diner um, after he had previously owned a different one earlier in his life? Well, he sold the first one. Um, he was approaching middle age. This is me looking back. Um, it seems like he was approaching middle age. He was had worked his whole life. He wanted to take it a little easier. He just had just been diagnosed with mono or something. And uh, his kids were getting older. He wanted to spend some t more time at home. So he sold that diner. And for the first time in 30, 30 years, he was working for somebody else absolutely did not like that <laughs> and um, knew of the other diner the Broadway diner now um, being for sale and decided to jump back into it I believe you started working in your dad's diner starting at about age nine if I'm mm -hmm. correct that's correct what was it like working in your dad's diner as a kid and um, you know did you love it did you hate it um, and did you I mean, when you were working in it, what did you do? Well, it was a much smaller diner. Um, and I just really enjoyed spending the time with my dad. Um, when he was working in Mexico, Missouri, he was gone for a long period of time. So um, I don't want to seem like I was raised by a single mother or something because we're really talking about a year or two. Um, but he was gone. And so I, I wanted to spend a lot of time with my dad, plus it was a very small operation. Um, it was designed that way. 
So just having an extra set of hands really helped him out. So was I working? I wouldn't say that now, <laughs> but you know, I was pouring water and taking food out to the possibility of 10 people. Um, right. That's all the place that was, was 10, 10 little counter, counter seats. So. Is there something that you learned when your dad was running the diner that you continued or continue to use um, now that you've taken over and you're running the diner? Um, yeah, my dad was always an, um, an amazing boss, uh, far better than me. He really took care of his employees um, as well as his customers, um, but the employees have always um, developed into part of our family. Um, we still have, uh, we had two uh, waitresses that worked at both restaurants. Um, and it seems like yesterday that Cindy stopped working for us after her second uh, win over cancer, but it's probably been close to 20 years, but she still checks in and she's still part of our family. Right. Um, Eunice is legendary. We worked together for almost 15 years at night um, at, at the Broadway Diner. And, you know, I talk to her still a couple times a week. So, um, I learned that and and I learned the value of um, really respecting everybody um, and listening to, to all points. You know, respect is one of the most important things I learned from my folks. You went away to college, um, but then you decided to come back and ended up taking the Broadway Diner as your own. Mm -hmm. um, what inspired that decision? Um, we, I lost a brother, and uh, my dad was just unable to work, uh, so I kind of had to step up and rally the family together and um, decide to go with it, you know. Dad and I continued to work together eventually, um, but it was a real struggle for him. So, um, I, I, while I didn't always envision running this diner, and that was never my life's goal, um, I did want to make it mine and um, continue what we we had begun, what it had always begun, but. Um, just bring my own feel and flair to it, I guess, whatever that might be. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay. Something else that um, I did want to talk to you about was um, your dad has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And how has his diagnosis um, affected you and your life? Dad's Parkinson's affected our, our whole family. Diseases that incapacitate um, aren't anything new to my family. My aunt has multiple sclerosis. My grandmother had MS as well. My dad's father had had a stroke. So um, all those people also, have d none of them had a attitude that gives up. Um, they all continue, and my dad to this day, and my aunt to this day. Um, my dad would be at the diner right now working if, if he could. Um, so it was just, an, me personally, it affected me. Um, I had to, st I was newly married when he stopped working at the diner. Um, wasn't really how I had anticipated going into a marriage. Um, Christy was awesome as 
as ever and um, we adjusted and um, I adjusted my hours we changed the, the hours around at the diner a little bit but um, we got through it we we adapt we we accept and we go on there's no sense in in, in blaming or, or or trying to be a victim or looking for excuses you look for reasons to to get up and go and trying to make things better um. Well, I appreciate you for being so open and honest about that. I know that's not the easiest thing to talk about. Since running the business, um, you were able to meet um, your now wife um, through one of your actual workers. Um, And so do you want to kind of explain that backstory? Because I think it's really unique. (laughs) So homecoming weekend of 2010... I had a server not show up on a Friday night, and it was horrible. And um, my dishwasher just happened to know this kid who was a student who kept weird hours, and he might be available, and he might just want to come down and help. I said, well, Leroy, call him up. And that's how I met Cooper. And Coop's worked for us, I don't know, a couple, three months. And um, I really didn't get to meet his mom initially, but uh, you know I really don't meet my employees' parents usually. Um, but he the whole time was telling his mom, "You really need to keep come meet this guy, Dave. I really enjoy him, etc." Yeah. Coops eventually uh, had an accident at, at another one of his jobs and cut his finger. He wasn't able to drive, so his mom started bringing him to and from work. And I met her, and um, it was just magic. And a couple months later, we were married. That's awesome. And so, how long have you guys been married now? Uh, since be then, ten years, May the first. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah. I know that's coming up here pretty yeah. soon. So, Thank you. so most people know you for owning the diner, but I know that you really enjoy being in the outdoors. Um, you mentioned fly fishing, bicycling, um, are all sorts of things that you enjoy doing in your free time. Um, what kind of got you interested in those hobbies? Um, my grandfather always took me fishing and although he wasn't a fly fisherman, those are my earliest memories of, uh, fishing her with him and I don't even think we did it often but it was just something that was based on that relationship it it was just something that was that important and I've always sought that I don't like to fish alone I like to fish with with a friend usually just one one other person Um, but I don't really have time to 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 fish now and it's pretty rare that I get to do that I do like to, to, to be out of doors, um, either hiking or most often biking. Um, I have a goal of, of hitting the, the entirety of all the trails in Columbia. I'd love to see that happen soon, and I know that there are plans to have it completely go around the city, and I think that would be great. Um, I tend to ride uh, the Katy Trail. I tend to probably drive more. Um, that I actually ride, getting to the place, to the trailhead. Um, But that quiet time is good, too. Um, I really like to see myself as a a commuter. 
um, cyclist. I'd love to see that developed more in Colombia. Um, unfortunately, we live just a little bit too far out, so I, I'm not able to end my hours. It just wouldn't be feasible um, to commute to work. But if I'm not biking somewhere, I'll, if I need to go downtown, like today I walked from the diner here, um, it's just easier than driving. And that exercise, that activity does me good. Definitely. I think it's uh, important for people to keep that in mind too. Just uh, if you're able to walk, you might as well and, you know, helps Absolutely. the environment and um, also just during COVID, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it, I don't do these things to, to try and get in shape. That's the least of my worries, but they're more for my mental health and um, just the clarity of my soul. Um, I think the trail system in Colombia is um, one of the greatest things that this town has going for it outside of parks. Um, and I think it's also one of the most underutilized um, things. I see more and more folks on it, especially through COVID. That's great. I, I, I hope it, it uh, continues and probably even builds. I would love to see Columbia closed down some streets um, for just pedestrian and, and bike traffic. Um, that would drastically change my, my business. We're blessed with a huge parking lot, um, but I'd love to fill it with bike racks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> so if there was um, one thing that you could change about the diner right now, what would it be? If there were one thing that I could do differently at the diner, I truly believe it would be to go to a um, pay whatever you'd like kind of model. Um, and if you can't pay, you don't need to pay. But I don't know how to do that. Um, but that's, I, I get my, my pleasure, my greatest achievements and happinesses from life are through feeding folks and developing those friendships, those relationships, building that community and um, so much of the community is left out of that simply because they can't afford that. And that's mm -hmm. not right. I think that's a really good, a good thing you could change if you were able to, so. Kind of jumping more into that too, I know you have a long history of volunteer work in the community. Would you want to kind of elaborate on that for me? I believe in, in doing the right thing all the time and I try to live my faith every day. And I'm always asking the universe, God, whatever, for more empathy and uh, to be a better human. And my faith compels me to, to take care of folks and to love everybody. And so when we first started hearing about a lockdown, I was concerned about kids that weren't gonna be able to go to school kids that depend upon breakfast and lunch at those schools. And I offered to um, feed what I was afraid would be um, leftover food if I had to lock down. I was just really trying to prepare and, and feed as many as I could and empty my storehouse at the same time. I didn't, I didn't anticipate being open. You know, I, I was just gonna do as much as I could. And then quickly I realized that we could stay open as an essential business. Um, and I also realized that hunger um, doesn't stop just because it's 
convenient for me to stop. Um, so we, we continued, and we're going to continue. Right, right, yeah. And kind of bouncing off of the, you know, the impact the pandemic has had on the community, um, you know, what ways has it also affected your business? Um, the um, pandemic brought out my belief that people need to come before profits. Um, the margins in the restaurant business are insane to make anyway. Um, so there's a lot of times that I'm probably not making money. Um, so I, I just feel like I need to share what I have and my abilities um, with, with these kids that need help. Right, no, for sure. Before you mentioned to me um, that you actually had the chance to go and volunteer in the wake of um, 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to kind of tell the story of um, where you were and what the volunteering was like, you know, at Ground Zero? 9-11, of course, sticks out to everybody that was around um, on that day as uh, a, a marker in history. Um, I was, of course, at the diner and um, have been blessed to know uh, the majority of my life through uh, church, a couple of gentlemen that were um, veterans, uh, one of the Army and one of the Air Force. And for some reason, they had been at the VFW, some event that morning, and were coming to the diner um, when they heard the news of the attacks on on the World Trade Center in New York. And we hadn't had word of it yet at the diner. This was, of course, pre-cell phone days, and and um, we didn't even have a radio at the diner. Um, so when folks started coming in and talking about it, I sent my dishwasher up the street to what is now uh, Eat Well, Lucky's, or, or whatever. It was a an Osco or some sort of store then, and they brought a radio back and, and we, of course, turned it on to the news. But I, I remember um, Dewey Green and Bruce Roll and their wives um, sitting there in uniform, um, and seeing the, the utter horror on their face of knowing our country was under attack. Um, and then people were dying, and that we would soon probably be at war. Um, and I felt a, a, a huge desire to give back what I could to our country um, and to support New York. So um, I sought out ways to uh, get to New York and, and opportunities to serve and um, found um, a couple other folks through the church that wanted to go. And uh, we went and joined with the uh, um, Salvation Army and um, the Red Cross. And we helped distribute things. Um, we, were at a, we were just a couple blocks off of Ground Zero and were at a a building that had been abandoned, but the government came in and all the, all the federal, all the state, all the local, all the charities 
could have room, so it was a central place where people could come. And we had a feeding station in there um, where, where people and then the employees could, or volunteers, whatever, could, could come and be fed and, and could get warm. Um, and then we also had a distribution center um, where gloves, mittens, chapstick, hygiene items, coats, whatever, um, were being distributed. Um, and, and then in our off time, we went down to um, to the pit itself and um, just kind of helped out and, and worked and comforted and brought food and coffee to those people down there. That's awesome. Um, thank you for kind of elaborating on that. Is there one night that specifically stands out to you throughout all of your time at the diner? Yeah, there's lots of really cool moments. Um, I were looking back, I remember crowds and um, big weekends and the basketball team coming down after games at the Hearn Center and and all that. But I also remember the really quiet times and um, and the characters that have been part of that diner for the for for years. And it was a really quiet, dark December, I guess December, it was snowy and cold. Um, weren't any students in the place. Um, and the waitress was in the back doing something and we had two customers. One was John Fry and he's no longer in Columbia. He'd often just show up in the middle of the night down there and drink coffee and smoke cigarettes in there at the time. Um, and he was at one booth, and clear around the, the other side of the diner was a lady uh, named Deb Diagostino, and and she has a beautiful voice. And I don't know which one of them played the jukebox, <laughs> but they put a couple bucks in the jukebox, and they were both singing along, oblivious to the other being in the place. And I was just in awe, and just sat back, and I can almost bring myself to tears thinking about it about it now, but um, I just sat back and, and enjoyed that that moment. Definitely something I wish I could have been there to yeah. see. <laughs> okay, so your family has owned the diner for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself ever doing anything different in the future, or do you always plan to <laughs> stick by the diner? <laughs> I, I don't see myself doing anything different in the future. Um, even if I were to retire, I'd want to do exactly what I'm doing. I, I love what I do. I love the interaction with folks. I love seeing seeing people um, enjoy their food. I love figuring how how somebody enjoys their bacon the best. You know, <laughs> I love it when somebody comes up and says those were the perfect eggs. But um, that doesn't happen so much through COVID. So mm -hmm. I, I miss that. I miss being able to pat people on the back and, and lift them up and see if they're having a bad day and um, it still happens but it, it's 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 harder through a window and through a styrofoam box it's it's more difficult definitely definitely so we are open every day seven days a week seven o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon on a rare occasion I'll have a doctor's appointment or or something will come up and we'll, we'll cut out a half an hour early um, sometimes on the weekend we're going to do that just because we're tired and I'm old and I'm worn out 
and I apologize. I wish we could be open more. I wish we were open inside, but COVID, we're small. We're going to do what we have to do. That was Dave Johnson talking with our reporter, Lauren Polanski. Thank you to Dave for joining us. And that wraps this episode of Vox Voice. If you want to hear more interviews with prominent Columbia figures, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast service. If you liked this episode, we'd love it if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Until next time, thank you for listening. Listening.